happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Grab It Quick News. We have made it to enjoy this beautiful day, and we have a couple more days, and then it will be the weekend. For those of you just tuning in, this is season two of my Grab It Bizarre Sex News. A big thank you to everyone who is listening. Huge shout out to my friends who are writing me. So let's get started. A gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. All right, let's get in. Is nipple sucking actually a bizarre fetish? Does it do it for you or does it do it for them? A woman didn't have a clue either. So desperate for answers, this person took a poll, posted the poll, and asked whether or not people viewed tit sucking as an essential part of sex. This person got 80 responses, which isn't a particularly large sample size, but it's better than nothing, which is what this person started with. A bunch of people also slid into the DMs, mostly women, to explain their response. Unsurprisingly, the results were mixed. 61% said that it is a very essential part of sex for them, while 39% claimed not to be bothered by it. When extrapolating on their experiences, women were varied in how much pleasure they got out of having their nipples or boobs sucked on. One said, I like it so much that I can almost orgasm from it alone, while another echoed and said, I'm not so much bothered by it, I can barely feel it, and my nipples aren't very sensitive. For some, they noticed a change due to changes in contraception, such as the insertion of an implant, which makes your nipples a lot more sensitive than they had been prior, thus affecting the enjoyment of having their nipples sucked on. In all instances, however, there hasn't been a discussion about whether or not someone enjoys having their nipples sucked. It was just an automatic thing that seems to happen when you are having or leading up to sex. One woman who doesn't like it summed it up that the vast majority of experiences, she said, a lot of people enjoy it, so it's strange to not expect it. But I found myself doing it to most people with breasts just because I felt I had to or I should. I've never stopped to think if it's more for the other person. When this person began researching the topic to support the anecdotal research that she'd been doing, things became a lot harder. Would you believe that there's just not a lot of research on breast sucking? There are a handful of studies that have been done around arousal causing, caused by sucking nipples, but a lot of it is woefully outdated and conducted by the Kinsey Institute 50 years ago. This, and they're also all largely focused on heterosexual people. So, I was unbothered, but surprisingly... One study found that people with larger breasts have far less sensitive nipples than those with smaller breasts. Also, humans are the only primate where breasts reach development around puberty, with all other primates having breasts develop at a result in pregnancy, which leads one to believe that there is more than just nourishing functions to be explored. Moreover, the nipples on people with breasts are more sensitive than those without. In the studies that have been done in this area, they found 
what this researcher had already deduced from her anecdotal evidence. People vary in the degree to which they enjoy having their nipples sucked on and played with, with a positive skew towards enjoying it. For example, a 2006 study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine surveyed young undergraduates aged 17 to 29 about tit sucking during sex. 78.2% of the women and only 39% of men said that the act enhanced sexual arousal which only made this researcher more curious. If we take as a given that some people really enjoy it while others don't, why is it such an automatic instinct? According to a doctor, Juliana Morris, who specializes in sexual counseling, there are a few main reasons ranging from Freudian explanations to impacts of porn and representations in the media. Talking to whim.com.au she explains for those who enjoy it that there could be a Freudian background to it that it relates to the mummy issue either in a negative way where they didn't get enough nurturing growing up so this feels like a nurturing thing or in a positive way they're trying to recreate a pleasant experience that they had not necessarily that they would remember or rather than being Freudian it could just be a cellular this feels good this looks good and I remember this She builds on this by explaining that it's also just what they think they're supposed to do due to influences of porn and the media, which have constructed the breast to be an inherently sexual body part. It's what they're being taught, the doctor says. It's what they're seeing in porn because it's almost likely the first space that they're going to. It's like boobs are the first thing you'll get to kiss, then you get to get boobs. It's the first sexualized body part. So they're learning that that something's good and it's exciting. And for the first few times for some women, that when their breasts are being touched, that means it's sexualizing for men as well. Finally, and perhaps more crucially, she believed that it's because it's an assumed part of sexual intercourse because of the lack of feedback people give. As I said earlier, unless you are in a long-term relationship, people have never discussed the pleasure or lack thereof they get out of nipple sucking. This feeds the doctor's beliefs, people's instinct to perform in sex and be less in tune with their own experience of pleasure. She quotes, I don't think a lot of women are communicating whether they like it or they don't like it. So men are getting the feedback for even like their own data we talk a lot about faking orgasms but we don't talk about faking pleasure as well i think a lot of women fake the pleasure of having their boobs touched not only this but actions like moaning or panting or all the other cues that say i'm getting aroused a man may think it's because i'm touching her breast but actually she's just excited that things are moving along and it has nothing to do at all with her breast This conversation came back to the point of asking and seeking consent throughout sex. I do think it is important for us to really check in with how someone is communicating. Asking whether they like it or not, it can be something that you literally say, do you like this? Does this feel good? You can seek consent in a very sexy way. You can actually suck it and seek them out by saying do you like this or the person who is having that can say I like this I don't like this or move your hands or move your body to express this and that normalizing conversations around what we do and what we don't like are essential in making sex something that is about pleasure for all parties involved when we perform acts because we were meant to sex is a game where the goalposts continue to move without us knowing 
There isn't anything shameful about liking a particular sex act as long as you have sought and continue to seek active consent from the other person or people you are having sex with. Whether it's sucking nipples, toes, or having yourself tied up, if it is consensual, mutually pleasurable, and safe, you're having a great sex life. It is not much more complicated than that. Airsex World Championship. Yes, the Airsex World Championship is a thing and it is a touring event in which participants are judged on an airsex performance, much like that of an air guitar solo. The best performers in each city are then eligible to participate in the national championship show that takes place in Austin, Texas in 2009, and it is hosted usually by a comedian. The rules are pretty simple. The time contestants have two minutes to perform an air sex routine. This can include all phases of air sex encounter, meeting seduction, foreplay, and intercourse, or you can simply cut to the chase. The music competitors must perform to music. You can either email your MP3 along with your stage name to a guy, bring a CD of your performance track with you, or you can choose from the selection of air sex music the other rules unlike air guitar there are not many other rules props are allowed groups are allowed the only important rule is that all sexual climaxes must be simulated not real and you must have at least one invisible person or object that you are making love to for the tour dates and locations check out their facebook page or follow at air sex on twitter This episode, I thought I would give a salute to the strange but fascinating side of sexual practices. Human sexuality really is diverse and super perverse. So our first one is, you're a virgin? Prove it. Virginity was revered by ancient and not-so-ancient cultures, and each developed its own method of virgin authenticity. The Incas in South America believed the breath of a virgin could ignite a smoldering fire. An evil non-virgin was brought in to put the fire out. In the Jewish Talmud, you straddle an open wine cask while a rabbi smelt your breath. If you've done the deed, the wine fumes would have a clear path upward. Meanwhile, in ancient China, there was the pigeon egg test. The small, delicate egg would be pressed against you, and if it could be pushed inside, you would fail the test dismally. In medieval Europe, virgins were thought to be blessed with magic powers, able to pass through fires without burning, hold poisonous snakes without being bitten, and catch salmon with their bare hands. If you couldn't do those things, you were not a virgin. If you think women had it bad, there was castration. Removals of the testicles and or penis might be illegal today, but back then it was common as a Roman orgy. The testicles were removed by either crushing, twisting, or tying a tight string around the scrotum, cutting off the blood supply, and waiting until the entire thing dropped off. Or, if you were lucky, they simply used a knife. Why do it? Castrated men, eunuchs, were hotly pursued by royalty because they were considered good employees 
i.e. unlikely to run off with your wife, daughter, or mistress. In Greece, eunuchs were employed to guard the king's harem and the Persian emperor Darius 500 BC insisted on being supplied with over 500 castrated boys every year for employment within his palace. He liked eunuchs because they were docile. Most weren't just docile, around 90% of them died early if both the penis and testicles were removed. If they weren't lopping off penises to create obedient, subservient men, warriors were cutting them off as battle trophies. The Hebrews liked snipping off their enemy's foreskin as war mementos. The ancient Egyptians and Ethiopians went the whole hog and took the lot. Egyptian pharaoh Menefata collected 13,240 penises from dead Libyan soldiers in 13,000 BC to celebrate his victory. In more recent times, a housewife in China decided to do the same pruning principle that applied to trees, and she thought it may work on her unperforming husband. Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. Dr. John Harvey Kellogg invented the breakfast cereal Kellogg's Cornflakes as an antidote to masturbation. Dr. John Harvey Kellogg was anti-sex and didn't consummate his own marriage because he felt it was injurious to his health. Animal acts. According to a 1948 survey, 8% of adult U.S. males had had sexual contact with animals and seems still quite fond of it. Not so long after that, in 1998, a man in San Francisco was charged with running a sex dungeon where you could have sex with an anteater, eels, and a water buffalo. Not only are we still doing it, we're also getting caught. One can only imagine the humiliation felt by the 59-year-old man from Sussex who sat his friends down to watch a wedding video. He inserted the wrong tape and instead showed them him having sex with his neighbor's dog. Peculiar Fetishes Necrophiliac Everyone to his own taste and mine is for corpses, said Henry Blot, the famous necrophiliac at his trial in the 19th century. He continued to have sex with his wife seven years after her death. Aglamatophiliac. If you think that's odd, cast a suspicious eye over anyone abnormally absorbed into the statue of Davis. A galadius or aglamatophiliac is a person who is sexually attracted to statues or mannequin analactism people mainly men who join nappy clubs have a diaper fetish also called anaclitism this involves needing to wear or use objects by infants dummies nappies rattles before they can become aroused actromophilia adolf Adolphus Frederick, King of Sweden, from 1751 to 1771, had seven mistresses. Two were one-armed, two were one-legged, two were one-eyed, and one had no arms at all. He's thought to have been an acrotomophiliac, someone who has an erotic fixation with amputees. Dendrophilia. People with this fetish are attracted to trees and bring themselves to orgasm by rubbing themselves against them.
All right, so we have hit the halfway point of my podcast. Now it is time for the second part, which is letters to Jessica. This first letter is from a female in Washington, D.C. She writes, Dear Jessica, I feel bad for having a sugar daddy, but my boyfriend doesn't buy me anything or take me out on any dates. He does not know about my sugar daddy. What should I do? Hmm, well dump the boyfriend maybe womp 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 no seriously all right so you have a sugar daddy have a boyfriend um it sounds like maybe we've had the sugar daddy before the boyfriend but either way I think you need to just see how serious you are with this boyfriend um and you also have to remember that yeah he may not be able to take you out on dates now and he may be broke now but everything works in a season so he may be not able to get a job now not have money now but three months from now he may be that guy who can provide for you and the reason that most people tell you not to have multiple partners is because one of those partners become a coping mechanism right so let's say you're in a really bad fight with your first partner and he is just not getting you and you just want him to understand where you're coming from and you have a second partner and then you go to that second partner and he totally gets where you're coming from and he gets it and you're able to deal with your first partner better that's kind of what this sugar daddy situation is like you're using your sugar daddy as a coping mechanism for the financial hardships that you are having with your man and you and that is why I asked you how serious is it because for me personally I don't want no man who can't take care of me himself financially I should never have to go out and get a sugar daddy to pay my bills or to help me or to take me out if I have a man What was the point of me getting this man? And then on top of that, do you really want a man who is okay with you getting money from another man to provide for you and him? You know, and like you said, he doesn't know that you have one. No, he doesn't. But I do think maybe you need to tell him what's going on. And I, you can tell him in a very nice way, like, babe, I really like you. I really like where this is going, but I also like my standard of living and I'm used to X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. Can you do this for me? And he's going to say yes. And he's going to say no. You know what I mean? You're going to get one of those answers. If it's a yes, then you need to let him know, put his ass on notice. I need you to start paying these bills two weeks from now I need you to start taking me out once a week we need to have date night twice a week you know what I mean we need to be going places meeting people I need you to get on your job hustle like you guys need to actually have like a sound game plan if that's the case if you're gonna do that but if he says no he says I have a problem with this and I don't want you doing it but I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing then you may need to rethink this relationship because again You want your bills paid, but it sounds like you want your bills to be paid by the man that you're with. And unfortunately, sometimes our vision of what we want does not line up with what we have at the moment. So you have two choices. You can stick this out. You can dump the sugar daddy, stick this out, um, really put in that work with your man, help him find the jobs, help, you know, be the lookout, his eyes and ears, because two sets of eyes work better than one. Or... You could just say, you know what, you're not worth it. We've only been together so long 
and I can't do this anymore and I'm going to go ahead and move you around. And I don't think anybody's going to be as hurt as you think. I think what will hurt the most is if you continue to do this. And then he finds out this whole time that you've just been kind of talking shit behind his back to your sugar daddy so you can get money. But I'm pretty sure you're not even telling your sugar daddy you got a man. So you're probably playing both of them. Mm-hmm. So you may want to clean all of that up as well. But I think for the most part, you're going to have to let one of these people go. But the number one thing is you're going to have to be super honest with both of them and um I know you're like well Jessica he's a sugar daddy he's not honest with me no he's not but you're not doing it for him you're doing this so that you can move forward with a clear conscience and whatever decision you make from henceforth it's your decision and they're both aware of the decision because that's all this life is about decisions and it's about making the best decision possible with all the evidence that is in front of you. And if you're lying to him, you're lying to the other guy, they don't have all that evidence. They just know what you said. So thanks. I hope it comes out the way that you want it to. Thank you so much for the letter and let me know how it goes. Our second letter comes from a male in California. He writes, Dear Jessica, my girlfriend of 10 months is too controlling. She tracks the location of my phone, monitors who I talk to, insists that I abide by her rules in order to keep trust. I feel smothered by her because we work at the same marketing firm as well as live together, and I see her all the time. All is in all caps, (laughs) so it's real. I also have feelings for someone else. Someone please help. All right. First off, mail in California, I am so sorry that this is going down that the way that it's going down. I really hate that for you. Um, I do want to throw out some things to you. You said that she's too controlling, tracks the location, monitors who you talk to, and insists you abide by her rules. So is this your mama or is this your girlfriend? Boom. There it is. Do you need a mama or do you need a girlfriend? Boom. There that goes. So if the answer is, I got a mama, I don't need one, Um, this is my girlfriend, I think you need to remind her of that. And if you guys have already had that conversation of, you know, babe, I think you're a little too controlling, this is a lot, because it says you have to abide by her rules in order to keep trust, who's trust? Because I'm going to be honest, whenever someone I've known who gets controlling with me, they got to check my phone, got to know where I'm at. They're usually the ones doing something. I'm going to throw that out there. They're usually the ones doing something. And for a female, I feel like maybe she has had a slew of bad relationships and she's taking that out on you. And the pressure is making it where she has become a very unattractive person and you are wanting to get out. Do I think you have feelings for someone else? I think in this circumstance, you being a battered spouse, and I'm sure some folks laugh like Jessica, he's not a battered spouse, but he is. I want you to I want you to think about me rereading this letter and me saying this is a female from California and then I say dear Jessica my girl my boyfriend of 10 months is too controlling he tracks my location of my phone he monitors who I talk to he insists that I abide by his rules in order to keep trust I feel smothered by him 
you all would be like, damn, baby girl, you need to leave. He is abusive and those are abusive tendencies. So why is it any different for a man? It's not. Abuse is abuse is abuse. And I know you're going to say, well, you know, we have, she's such a great person. I never said she wasn't a great person, but I am saying that the behavior that she is exhibiting is abusive behavior. She needs to knock it off. And unfortunately, you're asking me what you need to what you need to do, and I'm telling you now, you need to nip it in the bud. Because if you do this, if you keep going with controlling women, you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be married to a controlling woman, right? Or you're gonna be stuck in this relationship with this woman. Ten months is a long time. Ten months is a long time to to be controlled. I'm gonna say that. But is ten months a long time for someone to have that kind of power over you? No. You don't know that person. You haven't even known this person for a year. So them telling you what you can and cannot do, who you can and cannot see, that's that's hardcore over the top. You guys work together. So usually when you work together, there is a rule about dating employees where you guys aren't supposed to date each other. So that's on you. Do you need to find another job? I wouldn't find another job. I would just have to let her know straight up that, you know, this is a little too much for me and I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. If that means that you need, if you guys are living together and you need to move out, I'll give you the same advice that I give females. If you know you, she's going to come out of a bag on you and you need a support system, then slowly move all of your stuff out of her place and get yourself together. And when you feel safe, then call it off with her. If you need to put a restraining order on her, because most of the time controlling people like this do like to come out of a bag and they like to come out that bag swinging (laughs) so if that's the case put a restraining order on her but I would hold off on you wanting to date someone else at this point because I don't really think you want to date them I think that you have been crushed for so long your gentle spirit has been crushed for so long that any positive attention that you're getting from someone else that you wish you were getting from your girlfriend it feels like it could be something you know what I mean so just wait I would say wait about eight to nine months before you get involved after you've ended this relationship and if those feelings are still there then I would go ahead and start dating but your number one goal right now is going to be to get out of this really abusive relationship and you you need to let her know that it is an abusive relationship and then after you've done that um I think you need to take some time to process the fact that you have been a man in an abusive relationship with a woman. Does that mean that you're soft? No. Does that mean that you're less than a man? No. I honestly believe that there are probably more men in domestic violence situations than women. But men feel like they have to be macho-wacho and you can't talk about it with anybody. So you just accept it. For me... Abuse can be, especially with men, when you are out in public and she is yelling at you and humiliating you, that is a form of abuse. If she is demanding your passwords, that is a form of abuse. Anything that you cannot do to her and she's doing to you is a form of abuse. There is no, any decisions you guys are supposed to be making together as a couple, if she's like, it's my way or the highway, it's a form of controlling abuse. So I'm just hipping you guys up to that. You don't have to put up with the abuse. You deserve better, so get better, right? All right, I hope that I've answered your question. Thank you so much for writing me the letter.
All right, our last and final letter. It's from a male in New York. He writes, Dear Jessica, can you be addicted to someone sexually but not want to be in a relationship? All right, so let's go physically then spiritually. So physically, if you look up WebMD, they tell you that there is no such thing as a sex addiction. There is a such thing as nymphomania, but there is no such thing as sex addiction. So when you hear a lot of people, I just love to fuck and it's just, I got an addiction. You really don't. What you have is a form of obsessive compulsive disorder or you have um, a depression problem. You have something wrong with you mentally where you feel the need to fill this void with sex, okay? Now, spiritually, some people believe yogis, Buddhists, some of these people believe that when you have sex with someone, you are giving them a piece of yourself and that is called a sexual soul tie. You guys are linked together by that bond and that bond is not easily broken. That is why once you have sex with somebody and if it was good, you may smell their aura around you or you may constantly think about them and you may feel a certain euphoria and that is because you are connected with this person now spiritually because when you have sex and you orgasm if you do it right (laughs) it is supposed to transcend and it is kind of like having an out-of-body experience where you're where both of your spirits meet on an unconscious plane okay so that being said Um, I do believe you can get addicted to the routine of having sex with someone. I do believe if that person says the right things, does the right things, acts the right way, and gives you the right cues that you like, you can get accustomed to that and you can get conditioned. I won't say addicted, but you can get conditioned to that. Also, a lot of people don't know is that sex can also be a sharing of energy. If you want to share negative energy with somebody, you can do it through sex, positive energy through sex. Sex can become a cycle of energy sharing. That's why, have you ever noticed when you have sex with some people, you're like, damn, oh, I feel energized. I just want to vacuum my whole house. (laughs) And then sometimes when you have sex with somebody, you're like, God damn it, why am I so fucking sad? Why do I feel like I want to cry right now? Because you have exchanged in energy. And that is why I am a big tantric sex person. I believe that every person should know about the Kama Sutra. They should know about tantric sex. They should know about tantric breathing because this helps you understand and it also helps you utilize sex in a way that can be beneficial not just for you but for both parties and not just in that moment but for long term. So to answer your question, I'm going to say that you can be conditioned to be addicted to someone sexually where you feel like they're the only ones who can touch you a certain way. They're the only ones who can do what you like to do in bed. That does happen. But 
I would say be very careful with that because if it is consensual sex but there is no relationship tied to that, that is when other things start to go awry. Like this was a thing you and I had, how dare you bring and then jealousy emotions come in. So whenever you feel this connection with someone, please make sure that you vocalize that connection with them and if it is what it is and you guys enjoy doing it, keep doing it. If it's benefiting you both, keep doing it. But if it's not, if it's starting to affect their relationship with their friends and family members, or if it's starting to affect your well-being, then you may not want to do it. But to answer your question, I do feel like people can get conditioned to having sex with one particular person because of the chemistry that they may have with that person, as well as the setting, as well as the atmosphere, and it just melts it right. There's always that one person, even even in your Rolodex, if you go back, you'll go, there's that one person, he or she, yeah, I would, I would have sex with him again. I wouldn't date his ass, <laughs> but I would have, yeah, I would. So yes, I'm going to say yes, 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 yes to your question. Thank you, Mail from New York. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks so much for rocking out with Team Grab It. And remember, be good or be good at it. Bye.